your brain might turn to putty. But there's still a chance to learn. We'll be your study buddies. We're going to talk about some stuff and make research cool. Well, welcome back to another episode of Study Buddies, the podcast where we bring you the latest in science and psychology. And sometimes more. <laughs> my name is Paola Sanchez Abreu. And my name is Taylor Collins. We are back at you with another Tuesday episode, passing notes edition of last week's study. Oh, yeah, and we're Southern tonight. <laughs> Just like... um. Like Southern Radio, uh, like we're, we're, hello, we're back in the studio for the Passing Notes edition. You know what Southern is? <laughs> well, actually, I don't know what it is. So but sorry to say, all the Southern people that are listening <laughs> to this. I don't do good at accents and dialects. I, but, um, yeah, no, no. I think that country or Western is a style of movie, which connects directly to our study from last week except for except for I think in I think western is a genre of movies and I think that mm -hmm. the study that we talked about last week has a lot to do with types of movies yeah. and how those movies might influence our psyche and preparedness for the apocalypse yeah or COVID-19 Taylor I've been studying all week and I am ready for the test I think Okay. okay, if you are ready for the test, I will ask Miss Paola to kind of just summarize what we talked about last week and what the main takeaways um, from the study that we had discussed was. And just as a reminder, the study that we shared last week. Wait, wait, wait. Is... I have to, let me say, let me share it with the title is. It's a part of the test. Oh, oh, right. Okay, Paola. Okay, take it away, Paola. Okay, so the study that we uh, that Taylor brought in last week was called Pandemic Practice. Horror fans and morbidly curious individuals are more psychologically resilient during the COVID-19 pandemic. And so um, we were talking about how um, it's potential that like the, re the reason that they started this looking into the study was because the authors were talking about how like play, like when children play things. Um, they can act out like scenarios that help them be more prepared. And so horror movies may potentially set up these same scenarios in your brain and allow you to be more prepared for horrible things. So that's kind of like what led them to this study. Is that correct? Yes. Can I add to it? I mean, of course, teacher. So not only does it help us be more prepared, um, but it also helps us like practice having those emotional responses that we might have in those situations so we might actually be like prepared um, by having the information that we need to guess what might happen in that situation so we could like logically respond with how we should manage something but also practice what our emotions would feel like in that situation great amazing and then the, the next thing that they were talking about as well, they also mentioned something called morbid curiosity, which I love was this term. the amount that a, hu that, a, that a person was like motivated to learn and like be curious about the dangerous situations that life presents. 
So that's like what morbid curiosity is. So they had three different hypotheses. They predicted that one, horror fans would be um, more psychologically resilient during the COVID-19 pandemic. Two, um, people that were high in trait morbid curiosity would be more psychologically resilient during the pandemic. And then three, they predicted that watching more pandemic type films would be associated with like greater preparedness, like you said, Taylor, and psychological resilience during the COVID-19 pandemic. Right. And do you remember what, because they talked about psychological resilience. I can't say words. They talked about psychological resilience on like kind of two measures. So do you remember what like the two pieces of that were? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So the two ways that they talked about resilience were positive resilience, which was like being able to experience positive emotions and positive emotional states in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic Mm -hmm. and also fewer negative emotions and um, states. So like they measured kind of that in like whether you had psychological distress. Got it. Okay. Thank you for that addition correction. So they got these uh, 322 U.S. participants um, to take online surveys. So then they measured um, pandemic resilience. Uh, and then they also measured for pandemic preparedness. And they measured for mor- morbid curiosity. And then they used a like personality, like a 10 item personality um, survey as well, like a different scale as a control for like other personality characteristics that could affect the results. Right. So they were gathering lots of data on these people and what they like and what how they responded to things. And then they did some fancy number statistics to get these results, which were boom, boom, boom. You ready? Yes. Being a horror fan um, was related to lower levels of psychological distress during the pandemic. Um, being like a prepper fan was related to um, lower psychological distress and also better preparedness. And then past interest in pandemic films was also related to preparedness. And then lastly, morbid curio- morbidly curious um, individuals, they had greater positive resilience during the pandemic. So they felt like greater positive emotions. Think that's it. Did I get an A? Yeah, I'm going to give you a B. Why? Literally I'm gonna why? Give you, a B. Just, uh, you said I yeah think... to my A thing, though. <laughs> it's because I didn't want to shoot you down, but I'm going to give you a B today because you are beautifully summarizing all of it. You're beautifully summarizing it. Wow. So she <laughs> tried to turn that one around on me. Cool. I'll take my B. And I'll stick it in the toilet. I think that you did a great job summarizing things. I think this study had a lot of variables, which we had talked about a little bit. But it ultimately kind of came out that the people from the study suggested that, like, engaging more frequently with, like, these kind of spooky scenarios, fictional scenarios, can give us like a more robust sense of like psychological resilience during the COVID-19 pandemic, which is crazy. You know, we got to take it like it doesn't mean that like this means that every, you know, scary movie you watch. Yeah, like with every study, you know, grains of salt, but 
Very interesting. Yes, it is very interesting. And the the authors actually had some like discussion points that we thought were were pretty interesting. Did any of them stand out to you, Pella? So I thought this was pretty interesting, and it, it plays in a little bit to what I'm going to chat about later. Uh, but the two points that they had in their discussion that I really liked was they talked about how watching horror films can help calm your psychological distress by helping to build like emotional regulation tools, but it may not necessarily give you strategies to find joy in those negative experiences. But on the other hand, morbidly curious individuals may find pandemic interesting more than negative and therefore find more moments of joy because of their curiosity about it. So I thought that that was... um, that was interesting to me. I find morbid curiosity to be such an interesting like thing and I almost wish that like you and I could have taken like the morbid curiosity trait scale that they have because I would love yeah, to find out like how different we are on that or just like where we fall um on our like our own morbid curiosity. So I, I think with that, it might be a good time to move on to the next portion of our discussion called the Data Data. And this is a segment where we look at how the data could influence our day-to-day on a personal level. Oh, yeah. So you were talking about, Taylor, how you are curious if you might be like a morbidly curious person. Yes. Um, and I think it would be a really good time to talk about the fact that I have always like grown up watching horror movies and um like pandemic movies i think i've seen like all of the saw movies and chucky's and i don't know i've just grown up like always watching those things and both of my parents were like very into horror movies and i think it just kind of like was passed down to me see that's so funny to me because i am like I do not engage with any kind of horror, whether it be like, I don't like, you know, like creepy masks at Halloween. Like I, I just, I don't do any level of horror. Um, and yet I do think that I may fall into this like morbidly curious realm. And I, I honestly, I think it is like, I has might have a lot to do with like theater and like just all of these like horrifying things that happen in plays Right. And just like finding so much fascination and exploring like the humanity behind it. So I may come from like a different angle, maybe not from horror, but from something else. Right. Like, like exploring like the uncomfortable. I think that's that's because I think the term like morbid, I get this idea of like very specific to the point that you should be a little weirded out by it. Like that's what I get out of that word. And curious, I think, is like a really great word. Like I don't ever yeah. think that there's a, any subject that you shouldn't be curious about. Yeah. So the idea of like being curious about something that might be a little bit morbid or maybe a little bit too like creepy or intricate, I can get behind that. (laughs) I wonder if like morbid curiosity is basically like the the um, the like value that you should like learn from thing from every experience, no matter how awful it is. Like, I wonder if those two things kind of go like hand in hand. Yeah, but it's I think morbid curiosity is like you might find you might find the value, but I think morbidly curious people like seek that out. Uh, uh. And I I think seeking something out is like 
almost the difference in what they're talking about here because it's like mm. a morbidly curious person might seek out information on something that's like difficult or scary or weird. Interesting. That's fascinating. Well, the reason that like I feel like I may be in this like morbidly curious place is because um, when they were talking about just generally like pandemic and stuff, how I feel like maybe maybe this is my brain telling me this, but I feel like I was dealing with it like particularly like well and finding moments of like general joy in it all, Mm. which is why I'm like, hmm, I wonder if like I would be in that same boat as those people that like did find great moments of joy in it right because they measured that as a separate thing than watching horror films it was that that's just like a treat yeah but then also like I think about um my behavior over the past six months and maybe I actually didn't I don't know (laughs) (laughs) maybe we did make a podcast during all of this so I guess there's something to be said about that we're we're been we've been constructive (laughs) we have I do think it's just, like, really weird that we as, like, people – or I guess maybe you don't do this because you don't like scary movies, but I do get, like, a a thrill to be like, yes, please, like, freak me out. Like, I would like (laughs) to be terrified. I would like my heart to race. Like, I – when I watch a scary movie and I don't, like, jump or I'm, like – I, like, scoff at it. I'm like, like, I'm like, that's not a good movie. But, like, when I get terrified or things, like – when I can feel my heart racing, I'm like, yes, like, yeah, like, give me more. Like, it, there's a weird, it's so like, fascinating adrenaline rush, like, euphoric high thing. Yeah, definitely don't feel that or want that <laughs> ever. <laughs> what? To, so, like, if you, because I'm sure there must have been a time that someone like sat you down and forced you to watch like a movie that you were like, I, I don't want this. Um, yeah, I was actually talking about that this weekend. It was I, like it scarred. It actually scarred me. I was 14, and it, I, like I. I mean, I was also the the movie was not appropriate for the for my age, but um, do you remember was, the movie? It was Friday the Thirteenth. I remember there being a sex scene. There were boobies bouncing up and down. It was a lot. I was not very comfortable with it at all, and mm. I truly I remember that. Like I remember specific scenes from that movie to this day. Oh wow. I think yeah. we had different, very different upbringings because I was watching stuff like that at like five. Yeah, no, definitely, it was very um, disturbing to me. Although I will say that the the movie that I and I have watched it several times and I actually found it to be really exciting was Disturbia. That movie I really liked, but it was a thriller. It wasn't like a horror film. Those two things are different. I feel. See, they yeah, I think, I, I think like thriller I don't know I would put thriller in the same category as horror Hmm. maybe um I think there's like a difference between like gore though like I think there's things that are like gross scary and there's things that like make your heart race scary I guess I guess gore could make your heart race too in a different way um but it's almost like the psychological piece of something I think is what is so interesting yeah it's funny because now that you say that I'm not I'm thinking about the fact that like I actually really like suspenseful movies, like deeply suspenseful movies where you don't know what's going to happen. I don't think I like like ghosts and like freaky children and like loud, scary noises that you don't know where they're coming from because it's a demon. I think you like like drama, but you don't like horror, which drama I think is not. Yeah, it's not horror. Yeah, I think. See, it's funny because like I'm I'm actually thinking about this and it 
this study focuses all on like fiction, right? Right. So I've watched a lot of like fictional horror movies. I actually find myself pulling away from them more as an adult. I think because I see a lot of scary things uh, or we do as adults in the world and I'm moving away from them. But I do still enjoy them from time to time. But I used to consume them so much as a child. And not only would I watch like fictional horror, but like this is a this is like an insider info about me. But when I was like very, very young. um, Exclusive. My mom would put me to bed and I didn't listen to the rules. So I would go get the TV remote and I would sneak it and I would turn the TV on and I would turn it on and I would watch like TLC and it would be like the late night shows about like murder and like. Oh my God, Taylor. Or like child abduction. And it would be like real things. And I would just watch them and I was like, wow, I'm going to be kidnapped. But in my head, I was like, if I was kidnapped, like, this is how I would prepare. This is how I'd respond to something. Like, I learned that, like, if someone put you in your car, like, you need to kick the taillight out. With Like, so I think there was something from at a very young age where, like, I could have put on Nick Mm. at Night, but I didn't. I put on TLC murder mystery documentaries as, like, a (laughs) seven-year-old, like, by choice. So I think I'm actually pretty morbidly curious. Meanwhile, I still avoid that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, I can barely watch the news. (laughs) Okay, well, to be fair, no, I don't think anyone can really watch the news nowadays. Like, it is, that is a whole other level of scary. It's very deeply real. I actually wonder, now that I say that, if I would, like, because, like, I think I've just been, like, I'm not a horror movie person, and then I just, like, have never tried to watch horror movies again since I decided that. And I wonder if now, since, like, reality is so scary, if, like, I would enjoy a horror movie. Well, I want, yeah. I feel like as I say that, I won't, but, like, maybe. <laughs> maybe you would enjoy it if it was, like, distance from you. And so, like, mm. what I, one thing I thought that was interesting that the study did was, like, separate, like, horror from like the prepper movies which I actually prefer prepper movies over anything like sort of like a the alien invasion like sci-fi end of the world apocalypse like what would happen and how would society react and how would you survive like I, I love things that are like how would you survive if you were presented this crazy set of scenarios yeah, I feel like that's, like, very studious of you. <laughs> but not intentionally. I usually just, like, consume it, like, garbage. Like, I would garbage TV, like, um, reality yeah. shows. Yeah, it's funny. In fact, my reality shows are very similar to that. Like, watching, like, Survivor? Yeah, I lo- I've always loved, like, Survivor. I'm a big fan. That's a good one. Of Naked and Afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I record it, like, sometimes. And, like, and, like go- I'll go back and watch some that I missed. That's so funny. I've never watched that show, but people say it's way better than Survivor because it's they're his- all naked. It's hysterical. <laughs> it's also, like, absurd. Like, these are people who voluntarily, like, go naked in the woods for two weeks. They get, like, one or two tools. They'll be like, I brought a knife and I brought a fire starter. And it's just two naked people. Usually they pick a boy like, and a girl. Holding their tools because they have nothing to put them in. No, they get. They actually do get a little satchel. Um, <laughs> That's even funnier. They get like a little, it looks like it's like a hemp satchel. And then they, sometimes oh. they'll give them like one extra tool. Like they'll I know like, some we... people that would definitely do that show. It's It looks hard. It looks terrifying. Yeah. But I wonder like just watching, like similarly to just watching like these like end of the world movies. Um, yeah. Prepare you just watching like another, just watching Naked and Afraid help prepare for like something postal. Po- I, hopefully I'd be ready for 
if I was stranded in the wilderness naked because hopefully all of those naked and afraid hours that I logged like did something. They did something. Yeah. You took notes in the back of your head. I'd like to think. Yeah. I, well, I hope I'm with you because I definitely haven't taken notes uh, nor prepared for anything like that. (laughs) I don't think I'm actually prepared for that, but I'd like to think I am. Cool. 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 I'm still going to stick with you on it. Just feel like it's a safe bet. There's safety in numbers. (laughs) Yes. Uh, with that, shall we move on to our next segment, macaroni and cheese? I think so. Great. So macaroni and cheese, as you may know, it's a segment where we connect the study suggestions to the bigger picture. Yeah. What did you think, Taylor? Oh, I had so many thoughts on this study. I found it absolutely fascinating. I wonder if like kind of exposing yourself to all this gets you more prepared for like the possibility of disaster so it makes it like I I don't know like less jarring when the world is when you have this like this crazy upheaval and I don't know like it's almost like I feel like we're having a lot of upheaval right now no, it's not there's mm-hmm. the COVID-19 pandemic but there's also like political upheaval and like racial yeah. upheaval like there's just all these levels of like kind of chaos that we're being thrown into and I guess right. I wonder if being able to practice that can kind of help us like psychologically acclimate to chaos. Yeah. It, it makes me think of um, like people that grew up in chaos Mm -hmm. and that have like somewhat, somewhat like stable and healthier lives now, like as adults. And like, if there's like a greater sense of calm in when there is general chaos because that is feels like a little bit normal and that's what that's what it make me made me think of like that like idea of like practicing chaos like some people do it through horror movies and some people don't necessarily have to because they kind of live it because they have a horror life yeah it made me curious about people that have just different upbringings and how that affects our ability to be resilient in in the face of like extreme negative events right like sometimes it can be sometimes it can be adaptive to be desensitized to something sure to help us manage a crisis but sometimes that can also serve to like not be adaptive at all if if there's like stability like so if you're functioning in like a normal world and you're kind of exposed to this chaos like is it kind of unnecessary anxiety then that you have like sitting with you like I I don't know I guess I like I was kind of thinking about about it like you can be say you watch these movies all the time it's almost like you'd be exposed to these things you'd they you'd they'd seem really normal maybe you'd have like all these like plans in your head and that can be like incredibly helpful if you are in the crisis like you would have this prep you'd have this exposure but if you if like there is no disaster or there's nothing else like you're just going to look like extremely paranoid and kind of insane <laughs> yeah like how a lot of people look at preppers in the world oh there is a fantastic show on Netflix called Doomsday Preppers 10 out of 10 i highly recommend <laughs> that everyone watches this you there's no way you wouldn't look at every single one of these people and be like wow that is absolutely insane like the time and energy and money that these people dump into prepping is crazy it's funny i was i was listening to um uh dr ayana elizabeth um's podcast the other day how to save a planet and that she did an episode where they were talking about 
um, like go bags and getting mm-hmm. your go bag ready. The bug out bag. What is it called? Uh, the bug out bag. <laughs> That's really funny. I've never heard of that. Basically, like it was like the bag that you would put together in preparation if you had to like flee a hurricane or any kind of like natural hazard like that. And, Which a lot like, of people in California actually need right now, unfortunately. Right, exactly. And um, I, I actually, I, I, I was with Dave, and I said to him, I was like, we should, we, we should prepare some bags. Like we, we live in an island. Like we need to, <laughs> we need to be prepared should anything happen. Like we know it's going to happen. So why wouldn't we be prepared for when the time comes? Because like hurricanes and stuff are happening at like a crazy amount, and. They get worse faster than they can be predicted to get worse. And he was like, that seems ridiculous. Like, that feels. And I was just like. very extra. Yeah. And in my brain, I was like, but it's being prepared. (laughs) Right. It was that thing. But I think my brain does go there so fast. Like, go to the, like, extreme possibility so quickly but is it extreme and that's the thing it's not actually yeah like because preparedness is such an interesting thing because I think like if you if you prepare for something that never happens it just seems so stupid like it just like you put like I I'm gonna tell you I've had I I watched Chernobyl, which is again. I'm gonna just. I'm just referencing all sorts of shows tonight. You can go and watch all of them. Uh, but Chernobyl is a really, really like short, um, but very good, like almost dramatic docu series. Not docu series, but it's like a historical drama um, of the Chernobyl, like uh, kind of of Chernobyl. And yeah. so, I mean, it's a great. It's a really, really great little mini show. But they, it kind of brought like to the forefront of my mind like oh what would happen if we did have a nuclear war and then there was all this at the same time there was all this stuff going on with like trump and north korea and china and i was like i don't know maybe i should brush up on like what's gonna happen if a nuclear bomb got dropped on new york and how many like how far away from new york am i and like would i be in the immediate blast zone or death zone and what do you do and so i started reading up on a lot of that and i was i got to the point where i was like looking up on amazon like there's kits that you can buy. They're like 110 bucks, and it's like it has like iodine pills. It has everything like you would need. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I was looking at that, and I was like, I am insane. That because that's an absolutely insane purchase. Because the likelihood of that happen, I think, I think is pretty small. But like, if if a nuclear bomb got dropped, like it would be a really great purchase. Yeah, that's exactly what people were saying at the beginning of this pandemic, though, because. People are like, oh, these measures we're taking, they're too extreme, they're too extreme. And, like, the thing is, is, like, if it worked, it would have looked extreme because it would have worked and nobody would have gotten terribly sick. Right. But because it, like, so, like, it's, like, it's, like, that really, it's just a, it's a fine line. And it does, it does go back to these, like, is watching horror films an extreme way to prepare for, like, this level of psychological distress? Because to me, it feels like it. Like, it feels crazy to put yourself in that place. Right. And I think that comes down to, like, do you get – do you ultimately get enjoyment out of it? And I think that's part of, like, what the people in the study were saying is, like, no one's going to tell you that, like, going and suddenly, like, starting to watch all – like, forcing your – like, taping your eyelids open and sitting in front of – like a scary movie just like 
no one's telling you to do that. But it right. is possible that like seeking out that knowledge or putting yourself through that experience like might help on some level. But we don't. Yeah. We don't know. It's hard to say for sure. Yeah. But I do think that as much as the people on Doomsday Preppers, the show on Netflix, are insane, part of my brain was like, Taylor, you should just remember <laughs> like what town this hideout area is because God forbid something happens. You want to know that there's a place in Indiana yeah. that looks like it's set. They have got yeah. food storages and water and chickens. Yeah. You got to have the chickens, man. Yep. I don't know. I also, I'd like, how how great would it be if, like, the preparedness extends to, like, other genres of TV? <laughs> like, if you watch a lot of, like, romantic comedies, suddenly your life becomes one. <laughs> oh, my God, please. Yes. Like, if I watch The Bachelor, <laughs> do I get to become really good at dating? Probably not, because that show doesn't show people how to be good at dating. That's true. Really it just shows. It's just uncomfortable social dynamics that yeah, are. Yeah, but like, like if I watch, like if I watch, I don't know, Real Housewives. Do I then learn how to become really rich? Or definitely, yeah. I would take all your investment information from reality show TV. <laughs> that seems like a sound decision. Like if I watch The Great British Baking Show, will I finally be able to make brownies that don't come from a box? Yes, actually, that you may be able to. Actually, that's a good. That's a really good one to go with. These are questions we all wonder. I think I like to think this because I've always liked TV, and I think I watched I watched too too much too much TV for anyone. I think most of us watch too much TV, but it's nice to think that like there might be a, a benefit in it. Like that can yeah. alleviate the guilt a little bit. Yeah, let's definitely watch TV with that in mind. Like, what can what 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 is this preparing me for? <laughs> I'm just gonna put on scary movies, and when people are like, "Wow, that's your third one," I'll be like, "It's research. Be quiet." <laughs> I'm I end up watching Pen Fifteen just to figure out how to do middle school better. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, you know one spooky thing I am doing at the end of October. Do you want to hear? I do. I do want to hear. I'm going to a spooky corn maze. Actually, Ooh. it may not be spooky. It's just I'm going at nighttime. So it, that's spooky. Maybe. Are there going to be like people that jump out from the corn maze and like scare Absolutely you? Absolutely not. Nope. It's just a corn maze at hey, dusk. Uh, why don't you just let me know the time and location? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure no one will jump out and scare you that's wearing a spooky mask. Like no one will do that. But just let me know where that is and when. Great. Cool. You'll never find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and with that, my friends, we've reached the end of our time with you this week. Um, thank you for tuning into Study Buddies. Please, if you get a chance, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It super helps us out, bumps us up in the charts, and we love to read them. We do, we do, we love them. I hope that you all have a spooktogular October. <laughs> Good job there. Spooktacular <laughs> October. Uh, I should right. have come prepared. This is frightening. Pun. <laughs> <laughs> see, All that right, was good. <laughs> we will see you next week. Have a lovely, lovely week. Bye, guys. Study Buddies was created by Paula Sanchez Abreu and Taylor Collins. Our graphic design was done by Monica Ray Summers Gonzalez, and our intro song was composed by singer songwriter Caught in Between. You can follow Study Buddies on Instagram at studybuddies.com and email the show at studybuddiespodcast at gmail.com.